post-operative pain self-management behavior in patients who underwent total knee or hip arthroplasty. By Ningning Zhu, Pepe Su, Ting Ting Lei, Ting Sun, and Sally Weiche Chan. Abstract The self-management of acute postoperative pain is not well researched. This cross-sectional study investigates postoperative pain and pain self-management behavior. We recruited 127 patients who underwent total knee or total hip arthroplasty in an acute care hospital. We measured postoperative pain intensity and pain self-management behavior for three postoperative days. The results showed that the participants experienced mild and moderate pain intensity and perceived moderate to severe pain interference, which influenced their mood, sleep patterns, ability to walk, and performance of general activities and rehabilitation exercises. Female participants reported significantly higher pain intensity and lower pain self-management behavior. Highly educated participants reported significantly lower pain intensity and higher self-management behavior. Pain intensity scores had a significant negative correlation with a total self-management behavior score. R value of negative 0.719, P value of less than 0.01. Healthcare professionals must consider patients' demographic characteristics when providing education and support regarding pain self-management for postoperative pain control. Effective postoperative pain management is an important indicator of quality postoperative care and is conducive to adequate rest, earlier postoperative mobilization, and the reduction of postoperative complications. Further, it can reduce hospitalization duration and costs. To control postoperative pain, clinicians use a variety of pharmacologic interventions, such as opioid analgesics, patient-controlled analgesia, intrathecal anesthesia, epidural analgesia, and continuous local anesthetic, block infusions. Some non-pharmacologic interventions, such as cooling and compression, relaxation and music therapy, may also be effective in controlling acute pain. These pharmacologic and non-pharmacologic interventions are usually initiated by healthcare professionals. Pain is a multidimensional subjective experience. Different people have different pain thresholds. The Joint Commission standards indicate that all patients have the right to adequate pain management and the Joint Commission advocates for a patient-centered approach. Patients play an important role in managing their pain. The collaboration between patients and the healthcare team is essential to achieve optimal pain management outcomes. Total knee arthroplasty, TKA, and total hip arthroplasty, THA, are common major orthopedic surgeries. Despite improvements in pain medication, many patients who have undergone TKA or THA still experience high levels of unrelieved acute postoperative pain. The healthcare team may not always recognize that the patient's ability to self-manage their pain is important. Description of the problem. Many studies on pain self-management have focused on chronic pain. There are few evidence-based pain self-management programs for acute postoperative pain, and there is a paucity of studies focused on the acute pain self-management during the period after major surgeries, for example, TKA and THA, in Asia and especially in China. To build a program for acute pain self-management, we need to understand not only how patients perceive acute pain self-management, but also the relationship between pain intensity and pain self-management behavior. This study aimed to fill this knowledge gap. Study purpose. The purposes of this study were to investigate postoperative pain and pain self-management behavior 
in Chinese patients after TKA or THA and examine the correlation between postoperative pain and pain self-management behavior. We hypothesized that there would be a significant negative correlation between the pain intensity scores and self-management behavior scores. This study provides a deeper understanding of patients' perception of pain self-management behavior and its relationship with pain intensity. Understanding this relationship will help clinicians develop more effective strategies to promote the self-management of acute pain. Literature Review In the context of chronic disease management, self-management has been defined as patients' positive efforts to oversee and participate in their health care to optimize health, prevent complications, control symptoms, marshal medical resources, and minimize the intrusion of the disease into their preferred lifestyles. The self-management of acute pain focuses on the importance of patients' own efforts in controlling pain rather than depending on external agents. Practice guidelines and empirical research related to self-management have been established for many chronic health conditions. Self-management training with regular follow-up could enhance patients' active participation in disease management, leading to improved physical and psychological well-being, reduced hospitalization days, and reduced medical costs for patients. Pain self-management training for patients with osteoarthritis who were waiting for joint replacement surgery resulted in patients possessing a greater number of skills that were effective in controlling their chronic pain. Pain self-management training can increase patients' pain self-management efficacy and improve their perception of health outcomes. Patient self-management skills can be influenced by their knowledge, behavior, and attitude toward pain self-management. Pain self-management training can enhance patients' beliefs about the importance of their actions and their ability to control pain. Pain self-management training can also effectively reduce pain intensity, improve adherence to pain medication, and improve quality of life. The available evidence supports the feasibility and effectiveness of pain self-management training for management of chronic, persistent pain. Support from healthcare professionals can influence patients' pain self-management ability. Together with a healthcare team, patients can play an important role in acute pain control. There are few available evidence-based pain self-management programs for acute postoperative pain, however. Clinicians need to know how patients perceive acute self-management pain to develop strategies to promote acute pain self-management. Conceptual Framework Supporting patients' self-management of their health conditions is one of the core facets of patient-centered care. Patient-centered care places people at the forefront of their health and care, with a goal of empowering patients to become active participants in their care. Patient-centered care acknowledges the importance of supporting patients to develop their knowledge, skills, and confidence to effectively manage their own health and health care. When patients play an active role in postoperative pain management, they are more likely to adhere to their treatment plans and engage in positive health behaviors that contribute to better pain control and health outcomes. Methods We used a cross-sectional design for this study. We conducted this study in three orthopedic units with 150 beds that received patients after TKA or THA procedures in a 2,400-bed public acute care, university-affiliated hospital in a metropolitan city in central China. Approximately 30 to 40 patients per month in this hospital undergo TKA or THA surgeries. We recruited a convenient sample of patients who met all of the following criteria. Undergoing TKA or THA for the first time, undergoing unilateral joint surgery, 
scheduled for joint replacement surgery, and older than 18 years of age. We excluded patients who were unwilling to complete the study and patients with comorbidities such as stroke or cancer. We identified eligible participants through their attending physicians to ensure suitability. We estimated that a sample size of 120 would be sufficient to achieve a power of 0.80 for bivariate correlation tests with an alpha of 0.05 and a moderate effect size, 0.50. We collected data between August 2014 and December 2014. We collected patients' demographic data, that is, gender, age, diagnosis, residence, education level, previous operation history, excluding TKA or THA, from the patient's medical records. One member of our research team, a nurse who was trained to use the pain assessment tools used in this study, assessed participants' pain using a brief pain inventory, BPI, every 24 hours until 72 hours after surgery. We also collected data using the post-operative pain self-management behavior, PPSMB, questionnaire, during a face-to-face -face interview on the third post-operative day, 72 hours after surgery. Each patient interview took approximately 15 to 20 minutes. Protection of Participants' Rights The hospital's Institutional Ethics Committee approved this study. We explained the purpose and procedures of the study to all potential participants before inviting them to participate. The researcher explained that the study would not cause any risks or discomfort to participants. All participants provided written informed consent. The researcher emphasized voluntary participation and the anonymity of the returned questionnaires. The researcher kept the participants' demographic data and survey answers confidential. Instruments We use the BPI to assess pain intensity and the extent to which the pain interferes with daily activities. It is a widely used pain assessment tool that has been translated into Chinese and validated in the Chinese population. In the original Chinese version, Kronbach's alpha values for the internal reliability for pain severity and pain interference items were 0.81 and 0.89, respectively. The test-retest reliability of the intraclass correlation coefficient was 0.79 for pain severity and 0.81 for pain interference. In the present study, Kronbach's alpha was 0.89 for pain severity and 0.73 for pain interference. The original BPI includes four items about pain intensity and seven items about how pain interferes with daily activities. In this study, we asked the participants to rate the items every 24 hours postoperatively until 72 hours after surgery. Patients rated pain intensity items on a Likert scale from 0 to 10, with 0 being the complete absence of pain and 10 being the worst pain possible. Previous studies suggested that 0 equaled no pain, 1 to 4 mild pain, 5 to 6 moderate pain, and 7 to 10 severe pain. We asked the participants to rate their average pain for the last 24 hours, their least pain and worst pain in the past 24 hours, and their current pain at the assessment time. The participants were in the hospital, so we deleted one non-applicable item, interference with normal work. Therefore, we measured six items that were related to the extent that the pain interfered with the participants' general activities, that is, eating or using the bathroom, mood, walking ability, relations with others, sleep, and rehabilitation exercises during the past 24 hours. The participants rated these items on a Likert scale, with zero meaning no interference, 
and 10 meaning complete interference. We use the PPSMB questionnaire to assess participants' pain self-management capacity. The questionnaire was developed in China and consists of 10 items grouped in two different dimensions, learning about pain control behavior and pain self-management behavior. Participants rated each item on a four-point Likert scale, with one meaning, I cannot do it, two meaning, I can occasionally do it, three meaning, I can basically do it, and four meaning, I can certainly do it. Higher scores indicate higher pain self-management skills. The Kronbach's alpha of PPSMB in the present study was 0.82, retest reliability was 0.91, and the content validity was 0.97. Data Analysis We used IBM SPSS version 20.0 for Microsoft Windows for the statistical analysis. We used descriptive statistics, that is, means, percentages, standard deviations, SDs, to summarize demographic data, BPI scores, and PPSMB scores. We analyzed the difference between BPI and PPSMB scores among different demographic characteristics using two-tailed t-tests and analysis of variance. We used the Pearson correlation coefficient to examine the correlation between postoperative pain self-management behavior and pain intensity. Results. A total of 150 participants met the inclusion criteria, 23 declined to participate, and 127 completed the study. Ages ranged from 43 to 86 years, with a mean age of 65.11 years. Most participants were female. Of 127 participants, 88 underwent TKA and 39 underwent THA. Participants reported the highest pain intensity scores on the BPI, during the first 24 hours after surgery, which decreased in the two following days. Participants endured moderate to severe pain in the first and second 24 hours. Of the six activities, the three activities that pain interfered with most were walking ability, general activities, and rehabilitation exercises. Table 3 displays the mean scores for each pain self-management behavior and the mean total score on the PPSMB questionnaire. The highest-rated item on average was actively cooperate with healthcare professional for pain management. The three items with the lowest average scores were learn about pain control from books and websites, actively request analgesics when postoperative pain exists, and learn methods of taking analgesics, including pump control, from healthcare professionals. Differences between groups we analyzed differences in average pain intensity and PPSMB scores between groups of different demographic characteristics 72 hours after surgery. There were significant differences in the average pain intensity and PPSMB scores among groups of different levels of education and gender. There were also significant differences in PPSMB scores among groups of different residents and previous surgical history. Correlation between pain intensity and PPSMB score. The mean pain intensity scores 72 hours after surgery had a significant negative correlation with the total score of self-management behavior. That is, as pain intensity increased, self-management behavior decreased. All of the mean scores on the items of the PPSMB questionnaire except one, actively request analgesics when postoperative pain exists, had a significant negative correlation with pain intensity. Discussion 
we found that patients experienced intense postoperative pain during the first 48 hours after TKA or THA. Patients also reported low pain self-management behavior during this time period. Pain intensity had a significant negative correlation with self-management behaviors. Both TKA and THA are major orthopedic surgeries. Despite the wide range of interventions available in pain management, we found that inadequate pain control was still a substantial postoperative problem for the participants. Severe postoperative pain could cause delays in mobilization and rehabilitation, postoperative complications, or an increase in the length of hospital stay. We also found patients had low levels of postoperative pain self-management behavior. Similar results were also reported in a previous study, which found that patients who underwent gastric cancer surgery demonstrated low pain self-management behavior and suffered from severe postoperative pain. In the present study, the participants felt they were able to actively cooperate with a healthcare professional for pain management, but they had little initiative to learn about pain management, evaluate pain intensity, actively request analgesics, and participate in non-pharmacologic pain relief methods. Although the study venue provided patients with brochures about pain control before surgery, it appears that the brochures did not produce the desired outcome. Patients' pain self-management behavior could be related to their beliefs about the importance of the behavior and their confidence in conducting such behavior. Evidence suggests that patients with more negative pain beliefs may have lower pain self-management behavior scores. Although we did not investigate the reasons behind such behavior, the results of a previous study in Chinese patients in Hong Kong suggested that many patients regarded pain as inevitable after an operation. They also believed that analgesia would cause dizziness, nausea, vomiting, and other negative side effects. Thus, they thought they should bear the pain and refused analgesia, even though they were constantly in pain. Another study found that many patients believe that good patients do not complain about their pain, and pain medications should be saved for only the worst pain. These might be reasons influencing patients' behavior in the present study. Education level influences a person's health literacy. Poor health literacy could be a factor in influencing patients' abilities to follow postoperative instructions and understand information about pain intervention, thus lowering a patient's ability to self-manage pain. Several studies on chronic health conditions found that patients with higher educational attainment compared with those with no formal education or only elementary graduates, were more positively motivated to self-manage and better able to self-manage pain. We found that participants with higher levels of education had significantly lower pain intensity and higher self-management behavior scores after surgery. In our study, more than half of the participants received less than a high school education, no more than six years of formal education. This could affect the low pain self-management scores in this study. The mean age of participants in the present study was 65.11 years. Previous studies on whether patients' age made a difference in pain intensity were inconclusive. Compared with younger patients, postoperative pain management in older patients might be more complicated because of age and disease-related changes. Another study found no difference in pain scores between patients 80 years and older and patients younger than 80 years who underwent primary TKA. One study reported that younger patients rated their pain intensity higher than older age groups during the 48 hours after TKA. In the present study, we found no significant difference in pain intensity among various age groups 72 hours postoperatively. 
biological fitness may be more important than chronological age in influencing pain self-management ability. Evidence suggests that older adults express a willingness to be engaged in pain self-management activities and gain benefits in their physical health, psychological health, social function, and quality of life. Healthcare professionals should not assume that older patients are less capable than younger patients to learn pain self-management or have less motivation to do so. Clinicians should assess patients' motivation and capacity so that they can provide person-centered care. In this study, most of the participants were female. The incidence of knee joint osteoarthritis, which is the main reason to undergo TKA, is higher in females compared with that in males in both urban and rural areas of China. The global prevalence of knee and hip osteoarthritis is also higher in females than in males. Such differences could be associated with women's careers, living habits, and estrogen deficiency around the time of menopause. The high incidence of osteoarthritis in women could also explain why more women than men participated in this study. The present study found that women reported higher pain intensity than men. One previous study reported women's average pain severity scores in the first 24 hours after surgery as higher than men's. Female patients reported more severe pain than men six months after TKA in another study. The differences in acute pain intensity could be related to different pain thresholds, pain perception, pain tolerance, coping strategies, and analgesic requirements between men and women. In our study, we found lower self-management behavior scores in women. This finding could be related to lower education levels in Chinese women. In China, 12.71% of the 84,182,711 men older than 60 years of age have had more than nine years of education, compared with 5.98% of 85,795,581 women older than 60 years. Older generations of Chinese women usually had fewer opportunities to receive education compared to their male counterparts. In the present study, women reported significantly lower education levels compared with those of men. Literature suggests a strong association between lower levels of education and poorer health outcomes. We found that the participants with a surgical history reported higher pain self-management scores. Patients who underwent a previous major operation might have a better health literacy regarding analgesic use in pain assessment. This experience might help patients follow postoperative instructions, thus influencing their abilities to manage postoperative pain. We found that lower pain intensity scores were associated with higher self-management behavior scores. These results suggest that patients who were more engaged in self-managing pain experienced less pain. Patients' participation in their pain management made them active and informed partners in healthcare. Patients who are more engaged in pain self-management behavior may have a better sense of self-control. This could improve their adherence to therapies. Thus, they could experience less post-operative pain. Our study results support the assertion that enhancing patient self-efficacy in pain management could improve the process and outcomes of care. Thus, it is important for healthcare professionals to promote patients' active participation in pain self-management by enhancing knowledge, belief, and self-efficacy. Limitations. We recruited the participants in this study from one acute care hospital in a city in China using a convenient sampling method. This may limit the generalizability of the study results. We conducted the pain assessment up to 72 hours after surgery, but we did not monitor participants' pain self-management behavior, pain intensity, 
or other outcomes after discharge. We do not know the longer-term effect of pain self-management behavior on patients. This study did not measure patients' knowledge and belief in pain self-management. We also did not control for patients using the same methods of pain relief, for example, pain medication. Implications for clinical practice, nursing education, and future research. The study results suggest that healthcare professionals should promote patients' pain self-management. Clinicians need to develop evidence-based self-management programs specific to acute pain management for patients after TKA and THA. Self-management programs could be expanded to other patient populations as well. Clinicians should consider patients' gender, education level, and prior knowledge about pain management when developing strategies to enhance patients' knowledge, beliefs, and self-confidence in pain management. Women may need more gender-specific and individualized information to improve pain self-management because they may perceive pain differently than men. Researchers need to evaluate both short- and long-term outcomes for acute pain self-management programs. The present study could be replicated in different cities in China and other Asian countries, including rural and remote areas, and in non-Asian populations, to provide more conclusive results. Future studies need to measure patients' knowledge and belief in pain self-management to gain a more in-depth understanding of the pain self-management behavior in Chinese and other populations. Studies should also further explore the reasons for differences between female and male patients' acute pain self-management behavior. Conclusion The results of this study show that patients who underwent TKA and THA had low pain self-management behavior scores and experienced high-intensity pain during the first 72 postoperative hours. Pain self-management behavior was negatively correlated with pain intensity. The results suggest a need to develop patient-centered education programs to improve patients' knowledge and belief in their ability to manage their pain to enhance positive health outcomes after surgery.